excessive decline Greed. in the dollar. For lack of a better word. A late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Good paying jobs. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. And uh, I'm Troy Harmon, and I'm actually not joined by anybody. I know. You're... Not even in the studio right now. Kelly Lynn. Yes, sir. On the show today, we're going to have a couple of... Uh, Some previous, of our best case studies. Yeah, from... previous Previous yeah. shows. We're actually going to take a look back at the one case study where we had with Jared talking about choosing a mortgage versus paying cash for your house. Okay. And we also have another good one, which I liked with DJ, the situation of a couple who were considering lending money to their adult child. Mm. She was going through a hard time and they were considering lending the adult child some money. So. All right. Well, I remember getting lots of uh, comments about the about the mortgage versus uh, Buying pay, cash, paying off yeah. the mortgage versus um, keeping your investments safe. All right. Well, uh, to those who have someone in their family who might have fought and died for their country, uh, we appreciate it. Um, we know it was a huge sacrifice. Happy Memorial Day, and we'll Happy catch Memorial you next Day. week. All right. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. Uh, Kelly Lynn. Yes, sir. That's what we got. All right. So that means it's my case study time. Uh, it really is. Why do you get so excited for this case study? Because oh, I'm really bossy like and I get to well, tell I guess. you. She, she, it's the Kelly Lynn show starring Kelly time. Lynn. Setting these up for us. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, this week we have a, a couple, Serena and Woody, uh, 61 and 65, respectively. They saw their family home soar in value, much like everyone else. Um, they bought their home for 250000 in 1999 and just sold it for over six six hundred and fifty thousand wow. with more than 500000 in profit. So they are looking to buy something much smaller, you know, now that the kids are gone um, and newer, of course, you know, to, to last um, for around 400000 which we just discovered is pretty much the yeah. national median, you no know, um, but they want to pay cash so they can avoid having a mortgage payment. Yeah. While Woody could retire, so they got the assets, he currently has no plans. Serena's also still working. And they figure over the next five years or so, they can build up their liquidity for Woody's eventual eventual retirement. And without a mortgage payment over their head, they figure they can live on less for a few years before Woody turns 72 and starts RMDs. You did say less, right? Because it, it sounded like lust for a minute. No, I, I did I don't say less. I think less. anyone's going to be trying to live on that. <laughs> less? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. I, I I'm learning, okay? Oh, okay. I'm yeah. still learning how to speak on air. <laughs> All right. You're doing great, Kelly. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Hang in there. So, uh, Jared, I mean, interest rates are, are higher than they've been in a while. Is that, you know, is that they a wise are. thing? You're going to save 4.56% <laughs> on buying a home with your cash. It's not as enticing as they were a few months ago. But, you know, that, that kind of a, a rate is certainly easily offset 
by a number of other assets that you know could generate income and oh, i would say no. that's that's kind of tell the, me the answer is no aren't you <laughs> well you know all, all of these things there's a lot of this is a very dynamic issue but no i doubt. will say you know for one i think it's important to note that look they, they bought the home for 250 they sold it for 650 and while they they've made more than 500 in profit because they probably paid that mortgage down uh and and made it uh what, what it was at the time that they sold there's still between the difference between what they sold it for and the basis was not greater than 500 so the beauty is they don't have to pay any tax on any of that because they have an exemption of as long as they buy another house right yeah well no no even any primary residence that you sell and and don't make more than the exemption amount which is all 250,000 for all of us individually so if you're married and file jointly then you'd get a 500,000 no matter what you do exactly hmm. yeah, so right. it's not like a, an exchange where you've got to put it into a like kind property okay. you know uh but so you'd have all that to put into another home and a lot of people do which look it's not a bad idea to consider this because not having a mortgage payment would presumably leave you with more cash flow each month that you could then invest but at the same time that's going to be very incremental very low amounts you know over the course of time whereas you're looking at potentially you know half a million dollars here that you might look to dump into another investment uh, while still being able to acquire the new home that you want and as we were talking about on the break, there's very few assets in life that you can say, I'm going to give you 20% of its value and you give me the entire asset so that I get the benefit right. of the growth of that asset. So to be able to do that and then put the other 80% to work, let's say, if I put down 20% of those proceeds on the new home, then I've got 80% left to put into another asset that would ideally generate some income and, you know, in large part, probably set off, offset the uh, mortgage payment. But at the very least, offset the interest rate or the cost of capital on your new mortgage. Because, I mean, let's face it, most people, they get between 2 and 4% in dividends. And if your effective interest rate on the mortgage is, let's say, you know, 4% at this point, well, you've covered the cost of that capital almost entirely with just your dividend. Forget what the investments you might buy with hmm. that does. So now you've got two assets working for you. And even though you've got a note, if that other asset you bought is generating income and helping you pay down that, that note... Well, you, you've got you're going to be better off long term with two assets than one. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. In almost every scenario, unless you just make a bad investment. Yeah, there's probably a little more to that too. Because uh, how liquid is a house? That's Can you sell a house on the turn of a on the blink of an eye on a daily can I basis? Even tell you how many times I say this, and I know you, Clay, you've heard me yep. say it. We talked about it with clients together, and it's like. Go back to 2008 and put yourself back where we were then. If you dump all this money into an illiquid asset, the chances of you find a buyer for a home in an, in an uh, environment like that is slim. I said, or I typically would tell them also, but I promise you I can find you a buyer for your Coke stock or your Walmart stock or your Procter & Gamble stock. And you're probably not going to like the price in that environment, but I promise you between all the broker dealers out there, mm -hmm. there will be a market for that stock and I can go get money if you need it. You're probably going to have a really hard time finding a buyer in an 08 environment for a home. Ooh, so it's 08. extremely illiquid. All right. Well, uh, I, I think we probably ought to take a real quick break and we'll come back and talk a whole lot Absolutely. more about that liquidity oh, issue. Yeah. All right. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life.
from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here with Clay Norman and Jarrett McKenzie. And uh, we've been talking about various things. Uh, probably the piece that seems to make Kelly Lynn the happiest, I don't know why, is our uh, our case study. Uh, and we've been talking about a couple who are nearing retirement, uh, looking to sell their house or just sold their house. And uh, they're going to buy another one newer house and they want to see about doing that with cash and uh you know they made a good profit and i mean if they made you know five hundred thousand they buy one for four hundred thousand they still have cash left over yeah invest and they have no mortgage yeah i mean i see why they're thinking it yeah Mm -hmm. save 4.5 percent put it in that bank account and doing i mean awesome you're gonna get almost two percent on that money not to mention the tax break like you said earlier when you've got a mortgage it's just bringing that cost of capital down even more because that's true yeah and the thing is i mean jared i've i've talked to a lot of folks about the same situation and truly i know you guys talk about benchmarks and whatnot to to clients when they come in and uh you're sitting across the table from them one of the benchmarks that i think of more often than not is inflation we've got inflation right now 7.8 percent was our last measure i uh, don't know how long that's going to persist but i really do believe that the federal reserve our central bank is uh, motivated to get that fixed uh, longer term you're talking maybe two percent as an inflationary target and and i would hope to see that they get back to that it might take eight, 18 months it might take longer i hope not but uh either way i think that's probably the best benchmark if you think about it this way if you're saving money, we have the Hensler 10-year rule, so any assets that you wouldn't need uh, for spending needs within the next 10 years, we recommend that you put it in, uh, that you would need, rather, for the next 10 years, we would recommend that you ha- you put that in a safe, fixed-income type investment. We try to get uh, a rate that would be equivalent to inflation. Obviously, right now, it's an impossibility. You would have to take so much risk in fixed income <laughs> to get to there oh, and yeah. leverage it and all kind yeah. of other things. So at the moment, it's nearly an impossibility. But uh, over a long term, you want to you want to mark time with inflation so that you can protect your purchasing power, right? But in order to grow your wealth, you have to make more than inflation. If we look at long-term historical returns on the S&P 500, a, a portfolio of 500 stocks, largest in the domestic economy, um, it has returned 10.5%. So even at current inflation rates, you could still grow your wealth. Why in the world would you want to take a lump sum and throw it in a house that generally grows at about 3.5%? Yeah. And on top of that, has liquidity issues, which my friend, Mr. Norman, you're going to tell us all about, right? <laughs> yes, sir, That's yes, right. Sir. Tell well, us about it, Clay. Yeah, once, once you're getting so close to retirement like this, liquidity is a big thing that you're going to need because, you know, in your working years, you've spent most of your time saving to that retirement account and then... Now that you're about to retire, you're getting to the point where you're spending from that retirement account. So it's it's a whole different ballgame there. Um, and if you put all of your money into the house, there's only two ways you're going to get it out. You're either going to sell it or you're going to do a cash out refinance later in life. And 
I kind of doubt that you're going to be able to do that at a better rate than you could do it at today. Yeah. Or True you enough. could do a reverse mortgage. I well, mean, that we've too. had shows That's about a good that. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. It is an option. It's it an option, a- and it takes a very <laughs> unique circumstance for it to work. That's right. right. Well put. There we go. That's right. Yeah. But either way, it's an illiquid asset. It's one that you're exactly. not going to – I mean, you know, you hear the story about – your brother-in-law's sister's aunt's uncle who put their house on the market for a price that seemed irrational already and sold it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. It happens, but it's not the norm. Right. Well, and, you know, in a situation like Serena and Woody here, too, I think we run into this with clients often where they don't yet have that mentality like Clay's talking about because they're not in retirement yet. They've still got a paycheck, so they, yep. feel, you know, they feel a lot differently about this type of thing because they still have income. But I've seen as people transition into retirement – they begin to feel differently about this. Even a couple of clients have questioned, why did I do that? Because I, I, I did lose a lot of money that I'd otherwise have access to for spending. And, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, if you have a mortgage, you have an additional liability. But if that also means you've got more money in the bank or in other investments, well, your net worth doesn't change when you do this, but you will have better access to liquidity because, to your point, Troy, it's going to be hard to find a buyer for a house, especially if there's a, if it's a tough economic environment. Oof, yeah, where, that gets really tough. Yeah, I mean, if you just had, let's say, stocks that you bought with that, that those additional proceeds from the sale, the, there's going to be broker dealers like a J.P. Morgan, like a Merrill Lynch, you know, big broker dealers that make markets, and you'll be able to go and sell the stock. You may not like the price at, right. at that point in time, but it's well, just more liquid. I mean, isn't that part of the reason that houses and real estate in general are less liquid? It's because they don't really have good price discovery on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. while you might be anchored to your cost, the market has moved out from under you. And, and right. you're, you're trying to sell a house that might you might have bought, as Kelly Lynn wrote yeah. down, $400,000. It, you know, the market falls apart, and you yeah. might have a $350,000 house oh, when easily. you try to go li- you know, liquidate. Actually, I, and I just, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to y'all, and I just connected some dots. The non-financial person just connected some dots here. There we go. <laughs> Listen to this. So, if you take money out of your retirement account for liquidity, that's tax deferred. So, you're paying tax on that, right? Yep. But you just said, early in the show, mm. that the profit that they made off that home is tax exempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't pay tax if they're under that exemption amount. And it's after-tax money, too, so if they're so not... So kick the tax can down the road. Oh, Always. If you're in a situation like this... Look at that, the non-financial person <laughs> connected right. some dots. That's yeah. a great point, because too many people don't consider that piece where it's like, yeah, if, like, if you don't do this, maybe you're pulling more from your retirement accounts, which is going to give you a tax bill earlier than what you'd otherwise have it, because you're not required to start taking money from those accounts until age 72. Right. You know, so it's it's a very big deal when it comes to this because also, and this is my favorite part about it, it's like if you if you decide to pay cash for the house, then you're essentially betting whether you intend to or not that that asset is going to outperform any other asset that you would buy with the money over the course of time. Right. And maybe it will. There will be certain periods where the homes maybe have a better annualized return than, last than other asset classes. Last couple of years have yeah. been really attractive. I mean, we've got over 15% uh, annualized return on just mm-hmm. the appreciation of homes. Right. You go through a recession, no matter how si- what size, and they do come from time to time, quite often because people raise interest rates and, right. and mm-hmm. you see a slowdown in the economy. Uh, it, you know, if that should happen, uh, it's going to give a little back. Yeah, well, Long term average, about three and a half percent. So so why would you essentially make that bet, quote unquote, when you can buy both assets? I put down 20% on the home. I still acquire that whole asset. I still get the benefit of that entire asset. I like that growing. argument. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah, but Jarrett, 
I mean, markets, I'm just taking the devil's advocate position. Markets are really volatile. Oh, sure. Sure, they are. But it's still an asset over time. Like If you're buying quality investments like the, the Apples of the world and Walmarts and McDonald's and sure. you know Procter & Gamble's, those they pay dividends enough, at least most of them. I know Apple doesn't necessarily pay this yeah. much. But most of those type of investments are not only going to be safe over time, but they're also going to pay enough to offset that cost of capital sure. while also providing you, you know. That's an awesome idea, by the way. I, I love the fact that, you know, you can you can generate income with your portfolio mm-hmm. that could be used to, to pay something yeah. like a mortgage. Now now you're just back to, if, if you've got enough dividend income or whatever kind of income that comes from the assets you buy offsetting the cost of that money, then all you're really doing is giving that, that money you didn't pay in cash up front back to the the lender in little increments. Yeah. It's it's already covering the cost of capital for you, so now you're just giving it back to them in small amounts over time. Meanwhile, a lot of that is working for you, and you've got the benefit of two assets growing instead of one, which, again, to me, while the homes are good investments, I wouldn't want to just own that because I really don't think or, or can even see how in the world a home's growth annually over time could keep up with a company like an Apple or a Google or a Microsoft. Or yeah, or the next one that hasn't even been named yet, right, but it'll yeah. be here in five years, I'll assure you. 100%. Well, and especially yeah. not when you're doing it at the top of the market like you'd be doing Absolutely. right now, too. That's yeah. something we hadn't talked about. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, timing is, is important, but we try not to time the market. But in reality, either way, I mean, here's the thing. Clay, how old are you? 27. 27, young man, uh, half my age. And uh, Clay, when you invest your own money, what do you look for? I I look to grow it. I mean, I'm looking to save it for retirement. Yeah, but um, you like those dividends too, don't I you? I like the dividends a good yeah. a good bit as well. Yeah. Um, What's your portfolio done lately? Well, this year, Troy, um, thanks to your help with the research department, it's <laughs> up about seven percent on the year. Up seven so. percent, and the overall market's down about the same. I was about amount. to say it's down about that amount. Maybe. Yeah. Right. A little food for thought. Young man, 27 years old, <laughs> loving him some dividend. <laughs> I true. like that idea. Oh, yeah. Kelly Lynn, get us out of here. Absolutely. I think it's perfect time for our mortgage rate update. This is your mortgage rate update. Brought to you by Motto Mortgage Mortgage Hensler. Hello, everyone. This is Shanna Squires with Motto Mortgage Hensler. For the week ending May 27, we're seeing borrower paid interest rates for 30-year fixed rate mortgages around 4.75% and 15-year around 3.75%. Rates are based off of a 750 credit score, but remember, you don't need a 750 credit score to purchase or refinance. Are you interested in purchasing an investment property? We have a new loan program available. With 25% down and 720 credit score, you may qualify for a loan with a positive appraisal and skip the hassle of having to provide all of your income details. If you're interested in purchasing, refinancing, or have any mortgage questions, please give me a call at 678-279-5770. Model Mortgage Model Hensler. Mortgage Hensler. NMLS 2114586. Each office is independently owned, operated, and licensed. In the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. He said there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. 
We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with Justin Wagner and DJ Barker, and uh, we've had a whole lot to say about uh, a whole lot of things. Kelly Lynn, yes, get we... us out of this spiral, please. All right, we're going into our case study this week. Um, Michelle and Tom, they're in their early 60s. Um, they're in the process of doing a cash-out refi on their home. The cash will be used to help their daughter, who is 34, who's going through a divorce. Um, her funds are tied up with the divorce proceedings, and the priority is getting a stable living arrangement for her and her daughter. So buying a house, trying yeah. to get everything in order. Tom and Michelle feel that having the cash on hand will help them in this housing market, which is probably true. Um, Michelle and Tom uh, both work probably seven to ten years from retirement. The daughter works, but, you know, messy divorce, you know. So how common now are we seeing this where adults are actually, you know, investors are helping putting their life on pause sort of to help their adult children yeah we we see it i mean i think this is you know it's an interesting scenario the the market has done well up until this year you know it's since 2008 the market's done very well sure so account values have increased things have changed hopefully the cash out refi was done before the f- over 5% uh, <laughs> refi you know, numbers. Have. Let's hope for that's the case. But we're starting to see an uptick in these type of requests, be it divorce, could mm-hmm. be, you know, college students that have graduated, but not sure where to go. Um, it could be, you know, health issues, you know, job changes, these type of um, things are happening. I think the, the, the important conversation is kind of twofold. One, honesty. You really need to have an honest conversation with yourself and with your child because, it, you know, at this point they are adults and we should be talking about the expectation of what lifestyle changes will they cut from their life. Yes. Right. Because in a divorce or a job change or a relocation, you can't live essentially you can't ask for money and continue that same lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So there's some tough conversations to be had there. And then there's the conversation of the parents. What are we going to do? Do we mm-hmm. cut out lifestyle changes now? Do we cut out some vacations? Do we cut out, you know, maybe the golf, maybe you know, whatever that may be? Or do we stop funding for retirement? Do we stop the 401k contributions? Mm-hmm. Do we stop the IRA? Do we stop the investments in the taxable account? You know, if you've heard the show, we talk about it's important to diversify a portfolio, meaning, you know, you need your stocks, you need your bonds, a well-diversified stock portfolio, yep. but you also need a diversified account portfolio, taxable assets, mm-hmm. cash savings, yep. 401k, right. traditional IRA, and a Roth. How do we find the money? How do we find that asset pool? What do we need to do in that scenario? And what do we sell? All of those have different consequences. If you stop saving, there's an opportunity loss there. Mm -hmm. If you take a distribution, depending on what kind of account that could be pulling from, there's a potential tax liability. Yes. Or penalties. And missed out on future growth. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. No that's a, well, that's and that's the, what we that's see a lot. The biggest it's opportunity cost. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Uh, you know, we've gone over several things. One thing that strikes me, DJ, is the fact that uh, this is a lot more common than I would have expected. Uh, you know, if you look at the statistics, CNBC does a millionaire survey, and in 2020, the spring of 2020, they noticed um, that 22 percent of millionaires said they provided financial support to an adult child who needed it 
since the onset of the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, going further, 21% said they provided financial support to other family members as well. So yeah. uh, it's not uncommon for people to help each other out. I think that's probably Absolutely. a great idea, but you've got to be careful and don't do it to your detriment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to think there are, with every well, with every action, there's a reaction, right? So you think that you're helping one person, but you could be hurting yourself or others down the line right you know um cash out refis you know again it's a decent way to do what you need to get that cash out and to do but you've got to pay that back eventually so you you just make sure you're planning for that you know i I think when you're looking at if there's that many people 22 percent of millionaires helping people out then you know what options are there you know um current gifting this year, $16,000 per person. So maybe it's a short term, you know, I'm not going to loan you any money. We're not going to do the cash out refi, but I'm just going to gift you, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand yeah. $16,000 this year. Hopefully that will get you through this year. If next year happens, great. There's another potentially $16,000. And you can gift that not only to the, to the, uh, your, your child, child but, but their spouse, their spouse well. or their children. Right. Okay. I mean, technically, you um, you can gift it per person. You're absolutely right. So that's a great option. So keeps you from, you know, making a loan that might be contentious on the payback. Mm -hmm. Paybacks are always hard because one, if you would do a loan, the IRS wants to show that there's a legal document that shows, you know, there's got to be something there that's Mm -hmm. an actual loan. So that means interest. That means a a repayment plan. I mean, you have to base the the interest rate on On the IRS. The IRS has guidelines. So they will put a number out and they they say you've got to charge at least this minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, So they want it to be an actual you know, contract, right? right? And as we all know, when you loan to your family, mm, that's sometimes not it's all about keeping it fair and equitable. Yes, right? if you it's have not multiple like children, it to a friend. I've yes. often said, if you just yep. had an annoying friend, you want to get rid of, loan them fifty bucks. You'll never right. see them again. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. In this yeah. case, it's family. It's family. You've got, You've got to yeah. see them on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, I mean, loans are loans are tough, and we get that. There's always, you know. Life is what happens when you're making other plans, and this is what happens. There's always an excuse why they can't make it this time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so that's one. The yeah. second, which is not a comfortable situation, but maybe moving back in with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe instead of doing a cash out refi to loan them some money, you say, "All right, you're gonna we're we're coming back to to the big house." You know, well, let's yeah. all figure out a way to to, to make short term sacrifices. Let's conserve our cash flow. That way we keep saving for retirement. That mm-hmm. way we can help the family, but yet bring them back in the house. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult conversation. That one seems like it would work if it was just a temporary cash flow situation. I think situation. you're absolutely right. And hopefully most of these are. That it's it's yeah. a temporary, let's get you back on your feet. Let's figure out a short-term gap situation to get you moving on. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. Mm-hmm. Obviously then, you know, we all know that having children, adult children and potential grandchildren may not be a great solution that but could be a it, crowded could, house. it could be a crowded house yeah um and the, then their the big house that you just referred to might feel like it might really smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah you may <laughs> actually want to commit a crime so don't do that either we're not <laughs> no well my parents downsized yeah I mean, and that right? happens yeah. we see that yeah and there's listen, no room yeah. in the downsizing right. doesn't mean getting a less expensive home we're right. seeing right. clients today's market yeah. they are selling a home buying a smaller home for equal or more expensive because of the relocation. So it doesn't mean that downsizing, that's smaller square foot, not smaller 
money wise yeah. Yeah. or amenities or yeah, exactly if you're just changing the lifestyle oh yeah my so. dad bought a house he didn't have to mow the lawn that was there you <laughs> go there you go i love it um Did and then you? there's 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 always the option of taking assets from a retirement account mm-hmm. 401k yeah this is a tough spot and that's where we get it gets a little squirrely when we talk about either distributions from a taxable or i'm sorry retirement accounts or 401k loans mm-hmm you know, um, when you look at a 401k loan uh, and you'll have to help you out, Justin, but it, it, there is an interest rate for a repayment on a 401k loan. You're not taking Sorry. a distribution. Essentially, it's a contract between you and the, the, the 401k saying, all right, I'm going to take whatever, $50,000. Right. And then once I take that, it's divided by however, however many long months. your repayment schedule is. Yeah. And then there's an interest rate. Now, that's if you can even take a loan against okay. your 401k yeah. in the first Many place. Many don't allow. Because a lot of plans don't offer a loan. Okay. If it does, most of the time, the maximum amount you can even loan out is 50. Mm. And then if you think about it, the interest rate that you pay on the loan, which can be viewed as positive, you're actually paying yourself because okay. you're borrowing the money from you, okay. not a bank, not anybody else, it's you. So if the rate's 5%, right, you're paying back the principal you borrowed plus 5%. And you don't control what that interest rate no, is. It is not. set by the plan. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and the plan, well, the record keeper will set based on whatever the interest rate environment is, okay. what that rate is. Now, the issue that you can also run into is what happens if you leave the company Okay, or you're fired for some reason before that loan is paid back. You have to pay that loan back in full or it's deemed what? A, a taxable distribution. distribution, which you're going to owe taxes on. And oh, by the way, if you're under 59 and a half, it's 10% penalty on top of that, too. Yeah. Wow. So it's not a it, good thing option, to borrow from your, from your retirement no, savings because, because you can't it's a borrow account. for retirement, right? right I mean, right. This, this is kind of where it all shakes out. If you could, I guess, probably among the, the least caustic choices here is the cash out refi in the house. Likely. Um, yeah. You know, so the, the house then is the collateral for the loan. But if you can... Figure out some way that you don't have to do it. Maybe just let kids Well, that's move the in. thing. It's all about, again, going back to the, and it's hard. We see it with our clients all the time. There's ideas out there, but a hard, honest conversation with kids, grandkids, and the family, it, it's it's much easier to give them money and reset you know, a financial plan than it is mm-hmm. to actually have a hard conversation with the kid and say, hey, these are choices you're making. Right. We need to reset your choices because it's not worth the potential loss. Yeah, great to have an interest rate coming back to you, but the mm-hmm. fact is is there's an opportunity to loss because you've sold in growth investments. Yep. You've sold those dividends that are coming in. You've sold so much. You know, it's going to take a... It, it's going to take a hit. You're going to take a negative hit. So I think having honest conversations and expectations, set clear expectations early and often is going to help with the conversation on that back end because the 401k repayment, that's great, but you may not be able to repay yeah, in I mean, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA or happen. even that distribution. I mean, it's a tough, tough call because, you know, you've got a, essentially a, t- a time horizon that you're looking at for repayment. They're not, this is not a, they don't let you pay a 401k back over your life expectancy. It's right. over a certain amount of time. Right, right. And, you know, loans are put in place by plans with the best of intentions, but oftentimes they they get abused and that's why then plans will have to go in and put in parameters where like for a hardship distribution you have to be facing eviction there have to be excessive medical bills or something for you to even get a loan mm-hmm. for some companies some are now, are now yeah. going that route yeah, yeah. yeah. we've had business owners they come to us and they say goodness my, this this guy's taking his fourth loan from his car mm-hmm. and it's he's buying a car right 
they're not they don't want to take that from the 401k platform right that's not a good excuse a car no. is never a good excuse no. to take these that's type depreciating of depreciating asset yeah right. it's the most expensive car you will ever buy yeah you know yeah. no matter what it is no matter what even it if is. it's a uh, what are they a yugo yeah right yeah yeah the, the Yugo had the, the uh, rear glass with the uh, heaters on it just so you could keep your hands warm while you're pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. Kelly Lynn, what do we got coming up? Coming up next, we've got our listener questions. Uh, someone's 401k plan failed its non-discrimination test. So oh, we're going we're gonna, to talk to Justin, figure out what that means, what that means for the plan, what it means for the participants, what it's, you know, the whole thing. You're listening to Money Talks. You your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. Got a question for the Money Talks experts? Call our question hotline 855 429 9166. Or email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at hensler.com. We're on most social media platforms under Hensler Financial or on the web at hensler.com and at henslermoneytalks.com. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here today with DJ Barker and Justin Wagner. Kelly Lynn, you've yes. got some other details that you want us to cover. So I do. Why not? Let's get to it. Well, I've got my 401k expert on, so I have dug through the mailbag to find the 401k questions. How about that? Dan from Hiram writes us, uh, my company just let us know that the 401k plan failed its non-discrimination test. They said further information was coming, but I haven't heard anything yet. What does this mean for me as a participant? Great question, and it may not mean anything for him as a participant. So um, 401k plans uh, by law have to be run and looked at by the DOL and mm-hmm. the IRS. Department and of Labor. And Department the, of Labor. That's oh, correct. Right. And okay. whenever you have all of these entities involved, there's testing that has to be done on plans to make sure they're not discriminatory, offering a bigger benefit towards the highly compensated employees, which are deemed HCEs. Uh-huh. And by the way, mm-hmm. a HCE is deemed anyone who makes north of $135,000 this year. Anyone that makes under that is a non-HCE. Okay. All right. So if a plan fails non-discrimination testing, it means that the highly compensated employees are getting a bigger benefit, meaning Mm. they're able to save more on average than the non-HCEs. So generally the way it's looked at it, and there's a couple different formulas, but if the HCEs are contributing on average more than 2% of the non-HCEs, the plan fails. Mm. There's a couple things that happens with that. Most oftentimes, the HCEs, the highly compensated employees, will have to get what's called a corrective distribution, which means whatever amount on average they contributed more Mm -hmm. than the non-HCE, they will have to get back as a distribution, which is what? Taxable, right? And that's the whole benefit of a a 401k plan is a lot of these HCEs are trying to put money in pre-tax, right, Mm -hmm. to save on tax as well. That can be an issue. Yeah, okay, that's painful. So if you're an HCE, that's how it could affect you. If you're a non-HCE, it's really a non-event, 
right? But that's where the education with these 401k plans is so important because we want to make sure we can drive more participation so that the average participation rate of the non-HCEs gets high enough to where all employees, the HCEs and the non-HCEs, can take advantage of it. Well, I think that's an interesting concept because I think educate. That's it. If, if, or how do you see it? I mean, I, I view it as most participants view that taking money from their paycheck is hard. But if, if you put 1% or 2% to start with, I think they'd you never see. Feel it. You don't feel it because, it's it again, it's before your paycheck, That's right. before taxes. Mm-hmm. The, the spread can't be that much. I mean, what's the conversation like for the, the plans that you're with? Well, if you think about it, especially if you're, say, you get a $1,000 paycheck and you want to save you know 10%, right? Your paycheck, if you're saving pre-tax, it's not going to go down by $100. Because think about it. Right. You're paying taxes on 900 instead of 1000 so that $100 that you're saving to, by the way, invest and save for retirement, your, your paycheck may only reduce by 85 bucks yeah. or 80 bucks, whatever the number is, because you're paying less in taxes. Right. And you know, if you look at really what the discussion is, is how else are you going to have money for retirement? Yeah. Are you banking on Social Security? Are you banking for some type of inheritance? I mean, the 401k gives you the ability to pay yourself first. Right. And it's small baby steps. It is. First job, 1%. Mm-hmm. When you get pay increases, a little bit every year, right? I mean, is that your conversation? I mean, that's it what is. we try. You, you know, know? If, if, if the company has a match, obviously, you want to try and get up. You know, if the company's matching 100% to 3%, well, you want to try and get to that 3 because that's free money yeah. that you're yeah. missing out on otherwise. Now, um, you know, with the testing, there are ways that you can automatically pass testing, one of which is called a safe harbor plan. And some people who are listening to the show may know what a safe harbor 401k plan is because there's different match formulas that are in place for that. But when a plan is deemed safe harbor, that means... Your HCEs could contribute 20% if they want, and a non-HCE could contribute 3%, and the plan passes testing every single year because the company's on the hook for matching everybody a uh, certain percentage. I got okay. you. Ah. All right. Very nice. So, so there's ways around it for the there business, are. and the individual participants really don't have a whole lot to worry about in this case. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, like they get free money. They do. And, you know, and by the way, match, you know. the match for the company, it's tax deductible. Right. Yeah. And you're investing in your employees. It's a win-win. That's right. There you go. Very nice. All right. All right. Well, let's hope Dan is, yeah, I don't know, do we want him to be a highly compensated employee? <laughs> of course we sure. do. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, who would you say shouldn't? Well, of course, <laughs> Dan. Just we all strive for. And That's call right. Justin. Clearly, you need a 401k review. Sounds like you need some help with your 401k plan. That company needs to have a little That's assistance right. so Justin can help uh, I'm your guy. clean you up go. that plan for you. Uh, Dan, and, give us and, a call. <laughs> That's it. And uh, where would you call? It's 770-429-9166 if I uh, you have questions say you're a, a plan sponsor um you know you've you've got a business and you have a 401k justin wagner can help you out just give that uh, number a call and ask for justin again the number is 770-429-9166 kelly right. lynn what else we, got? we are going to eric from stone mountain uh he says i am at my third job and this company seems like a good fit uh, i can see being here a while i'm in the process of rolling over my 401k for my first job um, the new 401k portal has a lot of questions and guides to help us save for retirement. I have just been saving without a goal other than for retirement. Mm-hmm. What should I be considering? I mean, this sounds like a young dude, so. Yeah. Well, the first of all, the fact that you're saving is, is a plus. Yes. That's right? the big step. And that's, I think that's the biggest step is something. 
right? Something is better than nothing. Exactly. But, you know, if you take it further, I think our industry has come a lot further, but it used to all be about, you remember those Voya commercials that would have like everyone's carrying around their number? Yeah. What's your number, right? This target amount, oh, a million dollars. But I mean, DJ, you know this, we have clients that have accounts of varying sizes and some people don't need the income. It's all based on the need and what your spending need is at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that. In fact, you know, do you get a pension? A lot of folks that are retired now do. If you're working at the moment, you're You're very unlikely to get the pension, but uh, it it all goes into the equation as to how much you might need. Right. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people will go up and say, well, how much should I be saving? Well, Industry experts will say 10 to 15 percent on average, long term, annually, you, annually, correct, right. get you to that what we call income replacement goal of 80 sure. percent, right. right? But if you can afford to save more, the thing I've never heard for someone is, oh, gee, I saved way too much in my 401k <laughs> yeah. plan this year. Oh, yeah. Never has that never. happened. Never. Yeah. yeah. And remember what our philosophy is here, the 10-year rule. If you mm-hmm. need right. the money within 10 years, set it aside, fixed yeah. investments, save oh. investments. So if you're... A young person within, you know, with 20, 30, 40 years of working, 100% growth investment. No fixed income. Exactly. You don't need a life cycle or lifestyle fund. You really want to, you know, try to get assistance with a a full growth type allocation. If you're approaching the retirement years, that's when you really start dialing into how that allocation should look. But for, for our young adults, yeah. If you listen real close, I think somebody just hit the radio. Uh, but but the reason is because they may not understand. And the, the issue is, I mean, it, it, if you look at history, what the stock market has provided, large cap, uh, large company stocks, 10-year rolling average return since 1925. We're almost 100 years out. It's been 10.5%. Yeah. You know, so uh, why would you not take opportunities of that? You can withstand the volatility that the market will give you. But you also will get the benefit of beating that inflation right now with fixed income, even if you're buying high yield, which, you know, equates to what I would call junk. Uh, you're not beating inflation. You right. are in order to grow your wealth. You have to yeah. have your money grow faster than inflation. Right now, you're saying, "Well, the market's down." Yeah, it's down because we're fighting that inflation with higher interest rates. But in reality, uh, over the long haul, you're going to be better off just to continue plowing your money, save as much as you can. Justin, you've said it, ten yes. to fifteen percent. Yep. Uh, save as much as you can and into your retirement, and you're not going to be sad about this later. And don't change the allocation because that, of the market I'm is going really on right now. That's what you we, said. Because we have we have we employees, can, we have clients that come to us and they're like, all right, the market's crazy. I'm stopping right. my allocation. No, 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 no. Right. The market falls 10%. You're buying at a discount. That's right. right. What's the market going to be in 20 years? History yeah. says it's going to be up that's based right. on that allocation, right? Sure. So save, but you know, don't that's, change that's where the 401k growth is, is different and can be challenging is it's participant driven. Yeah. I can give you all the advice and all the tools, but at the end of the day, it's really about you getting in an allocation that you're comfortable with and staying there, yeah. right? You because it's it. the in and the out that really bites people. And and, yeah. I, and I would rather someone be in something that's more conservative that they're going to stay in yes. yeah. than no move doubt. in and out. Because you can have growth investments that are aggressive that's or it. conservative, but still growth. It's that's finding true. appropriate allocation. Yeah. That's right. But and staying Value growth. versus growth. Yes. Yep. 
All right, uh, guys, what do you say? The market up or down this week? Come on. Always up. Oh. There we go. Oh. How about that? Kelly Lynn. Peer pressure. I'm going to say up. <laughs> All I'm right. going to say deal. up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks, and we'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.